Hi, we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Matt in Manchester, John in Tokyo, and we might have a cameo appearance off the bench from Andy when he wakes up uh, very early in Japan. Um, so we'll start with you, John. I think you've had a pretty decent game week. Um, how's it going? What's your score? And what were your transfers? Talk us through it. It's been it's been an all right game week. Nothing nothing special. Sixty nine points uh, in a week where that's pretty above average. I've I've been playing. I've been sticking with after we discussed it on this pod the five two three formation. That's quite controversial, <laughs> and uh, you know I've started to realise the uh, that or admit that it's not probably the best long term approach, but. It served me quite well this week uh, with big performances from Cancelo and uh, Alexander-Arnold, both racking up double-digit returns. And uh, the only person who didn't get me good returns in my back five was was Robertson this week. Uh, But I'm still sticking with him. I still think he's a good long-term asset, hopefully, if that Liverpool defence can do a little bit better. And um, it was really uh, points... Uh, there, there weren't many people who didn't show up for me this week. I've I had uh, my two big stars were the ones that really let me down. Uh, you know, well, Salah did all right. He got five game points. People who captained him are probably feeling steady about it. I didn't captain him, and I went with uh, captaining Harry Kane for the second time in the last three weeks, and he's uh, been blanking very consistently, hasn't he? So it's been my captain choices that have been letting me down at the moment. And uh, yeah, should I should I really talk about my transfer? Because I'm a little bit embarrassed about it. But <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, uh, the transfer I made this week. Uh, just I had I had two transfers in the bank, and I decided that I might as well use one of them just so that when it replenishes, I've still got two next week, and I haven't just wasted it because I'd been uh, sort of patiently waiting. My plan all week had been to put Gallagher in from Palace because Palace have got great fixtures coming up. I really liked what I saw when I watched Gallagher plays uh, quite an attacking threat and I couldn't afford Zaha so I was all ready to uh, put him in and then at the last minute after a couple of drinks I put in Le Celso from Tottenham and Le who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Le Celso Le Celso however you want to pronounce it uh, Okay. Um, the attacking midfielder Argentinian who, as a Tottenham fan, I have to say, is a great underrated player who at some point, I think... We'll break into will, that first team. Will break into that first <laughs> team and do well. But he needs to he needs to play. And uh, it was really just a drunken whim that had me throw him in, that Conte's going to finally be the manager who plays him consistently and he's going to be a big star. But with no evidence of that. And in the, uh, in, in the conference league game, couple of days earlier he hadn't picked him so there was really no reason to think that he would (laughs) and um, and lo and behold he didn't however he uh he did come off the bench uh luckily i had him on my bench because i'd I'd sobered up and realized that i probably shouldn't have brought him in and so i put him on i put him on my bench um and so i didn't get punished for the fact that he made a cameo at the end of the game but uh he actually did make a difference when he came on. He, uh, we, we didn't manage to beat, Tottenham didn't manage to beat Everton, but he came on and he hit the post and he looked like 
just being that little bit of extra quality in the final third that we were lacking. And maybe maybe we'll see off the back of that if he does start getting picked. Uh, now that I've put him in, I might stick with him for a week or two, but we'll see. The good thing about it is he's 5.9. So you can. it's not like you have to find money elsewhere. You can just... Um, I'm sure Smith Rowe... I could just Gall- not play him. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure Smith Rowe and Gallagher go up in price, but I'm sh- they won't get to 5.9 that quick. So you can always yep. swap him quite easily, especially if you've got two transfers, right? Yeah, I do. So I could. So the sensible thing is probably just to take him straight out, but I'll probably leave him for two weeks just to be safe. I've done it. But uh, what it does is it guarantees the 5-2-3 formation. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, I mean, we can laugh, but you're right. It's worked out this week because not only did you have Cancelo and Trent, you had Diaz and White with... Uh, bonus points for White and clean sheet for Diaz. I just one question on your back line, which is bringing in all the points at the moment while strikers get one pointers and fail and your team and mine and everyone else's, I think pretty much. What about instead of Robertson, one of the Chelsea wing backs, you know, they're really in demand. They're really cheap, easy to drop down from Robertson who I don't really agree. I think, I think if you're in the Liverpool defense, you want Trent. I'm not sure you want Robertson at the moment because he's not providing enough attacking wise and they're not doing enough clean sheet wise. So surely like James or Chill are just on fire at the moment though, right? No, absolutely. And they, they are clearly doing better, but I, um, I've been just concerned about the rotation that hasn't, you know, that hasn't been the right call these last few weeks, but uh, the fact that they've got two really good fullbacks in both positions and that it could change potentially and not wanting to have to shift around based on little injuries here or there and then undo those changes when they come back and try to stay ahead of that game of predicting who's going to get picked. So it was it was really just trying to avoid that. Um, but I know Andy got way ahead of that uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was the first one to bring in Chilwell. And it, it's really paid off for him. So it's no, it's a it's a tough one because as long as you keep seeing them consistently bring in the points, it's hard to not make that call when Robertson is so expensive. But I'm just trying to keep my eye on the longer term. I don't want to keep shifting around at the back. I want that to be the base of my, you know, points week in week out. And I want to shift around other positions based on form. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see as. Uh, if they keep raking on points, how long I can hold out? I think the, the the nice thing for you, if you did move for one of them and they did get rotated, like your fear, Lo Celso would come off the bench, <laughs> the star man for another cameo appearance. Um, yeah, but apart from that, I guess, yeah, the five, two, three seems to be working pretty well for you. Um, Matt, how was your game week? Um, yeah, so not not as good. I'd say that um, the the problem I have, unlike John, is I have a, a bench that is scoring lots and lots of points at the moment. Um, so I I made the big mistake of benching Cancelo uh, this week, which has uh, yeah. been very painful. Uh, so he's fourteen points on the bench, and it turns out Foster got eleven points today as well. So. That that's it. I was never going to play him over Mendy in goal, so that that didn't really count. But sixty-two points, um, that that glaring omission of, of lots of points on the bench aside, 
a lot of them did okay. So the reason I put Cancelo on the bench is I thought Foden versus Cancelo, Foden was the more likely to get goals and assists. Uh, and he was certainly close, but he didn't get anything. Um, and then the defence I had was James, White and Livermento. And all of them got clean sheets. So they, they well, clean sheets got, got, got points. So um, they did pretty well. Um, and then I got Conor Gallagher's coming in, my slight differential man, um, 11 oh, points. Oh, that's a good week. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of Lo Celso, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, did, I hadn't caught this pod recommendation of Lo Celso, so I, I went early of Gallagher instead. You went with the obvious pick. You know. <laughs> Doesn't always play, but when he does, we don't know what we're... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's been quite... Uh, a good differential for me. I said differentials. I think quite a few people have them now, but um, he's uh, yeah, certainly I got I got in on him early um, when I took a actually, I took a eight point hit the other week, and he's the only one who's really paid off um, recently. Uh, so that that was pleasing, but um, uh, otherwise steady steady as she goes, sixty two points I think, and um, I'm still not doing quite so well in the overall ranks, um, about a million and a bit. So, uh, but. Hopefully, over Christmas, as I concentrate and the others forget to choose their teams or get drunk and pick random players that <laughs> don't play for the first team, uh, <laughs> I can climb back up. <laughs> this is what me and Matt always used to say to each other when we started to get obsessed about fancy football is that everyone else in our mini-league would kind of lose interest by Christmas. <laughs> and the way that we did well was basically just making our transfers every week and being boring and diligent but i don't know if that is gonna fly anymore matt like it doesn't quite work so well when there's like so well. 10 million players in fpl <laughs> yeah. you can't rely on loads of them never you're just losing interest uh yeah. all right well i'll have to try and pick some good players but overall i'm i'm quite pleased with my team at the moment uh i put james in this week uh and he immediately returned so that that's quite good i've still got a couple of million in the bank so uh, I'm in and arming about where to spend it, but I, I might do what you were saying earlier about double up on the Chelsea defenders. Um, I could up, up, I could I could start go towards a five at the back if I upgraded Williams to uh, to someone like Chilwell. Um, that seems like the obvious transfer, but then equally I'm tempted by the Alexander Arnold points that he got, and is that going to be a constant thing? Then if I save save a transfer, I could uh, I could switch to get Alexander Arnold in, but can't quite afford that in one move just yet. I, yeah, I mean, Trent is absolutely on fire this season, but maybe you can cheap out and get a bigger differential by doubling up in James and Chilwell. What do you reckon, John? Who would you pick out of those? Because I know you've got Trent, but the Chelsea boys are doing well. Yeah, I mean, so long as they're... It's, it's predicting if they're going to play. If you if you think that they're going to play consistently and you're not too worried about rotation, I'd go with the Chelsea boys because that, on a clean sheets point of view, they've been more consistent, and that's really the basis of the points, isn't it? The the attacking returns for me are the uh, the gravy, but the the meat and potatoes is the clean sheets. So. Um, yeah, if you think they're going to play, I'd go with them. But if you're worried about it's like me, if you're worried about the rotation, then that's right. when you start considering the, yeah, the 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 Liverpool boys who you know are going to play. Yeah, well, I mean the other ones on the chopping block print is the strikers because it doesn't seem any point spending money on strikers at the moment because they're just uh, none of them are scoring. So 
you could spend 11 and a half on Harry Kane or five and a half on Huang. It would still be two points that you, you get in. Um, so the problem with a tran- strike transfer for a strike at the moment is I, I don't know who to get in. Um, yeah. there's, there's, there's no one really putting their hand up at the moment. I think, so if you were saying you maybe wait a week, then you get two transfers, would you then maybe downgrade maybe Antonio with his tough fixtures and kind of slight lack of form at the moment and then bring in that fifth, you know, well, not fifth expensive defender, but fifth quality defender in Trent? Yeah, that would be the alternative. Um, So it does a bit of admin. uh, It's in cleaning up the front line. Um, If I can live without a premium defender for one more one more game week um but yeah that requires some forward planning and i usually just panic panic transfer midweek as i see a price rise coming fair enough we've got um this has been a pod of cameos lacelso and now andy has joined us welcome andy hi how's it going not too bad how was your game week andy not great all in all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you can, can hear the morning rustiness. <laughs> so, yeah, um, a lot of results didn't go the way I expected them to. Um, didn't see uh, Norwich beating Brentford. Didn't see Spurs drawing 0-0 with Everton. Didn't see Leeds drawing with... Didn't see Leeds keeping Leicester to only one goal. Lots of things didn't happen the way I expected them to, so... Um, I ended up with uh, 39 points overall. My only, the only non-blanks I got were Livramento, Tommy Asso, and Smith Rowe. Everybody else blanked, apart from Sanchez, who got a red card. Uh, <laughs> and you, you went for the Vardy <laughs> captaincy as well, like slight differential captaincy. But in a way, you kind of, it, you weren't punished as badly because no captaincy, big captaincy shouts went kind of mad this week, right? Well, yeah, the thing I was really punished for was I really thought Ronaldo was going to score against City. I didn't think United were going to win, but I thought Ronaldo was going to score, so I benched Cancelo. Um, that's, both, that's both Man United fans, Matt and Andy, benching Cancelo. Yeah, I just thought, I, I just thought there's no way in that game, obviously Ronaldo's going to score. And I mean, the other thing is Cancelo getting two assists isn't, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not, out, it's not like out of this world, but it's not going to happen every week either. So I thought, well, I'm not going to put Cancelo if I don't think he's going to get a clean sheet. I'm not going to put in put him in for the, all the assists he's going to get. That, that's literally what I had in my head. Yeah. And then he went and got two assists and a clean sheet. So um, that that went badly as well. Thirty nine points. Not with great a, with a hit. That's a tough one. Um, uh, me this week, I won sixty points with a minus eight. So I had two transfers, but I just went a bit nuts this week and made four transfers. Um, and it was pretty wow. unnecessary. Um, so one of them worked out. Reese James came in for uh, Christensen. So that was a really good one. And just watching the the highlights of the Chelsea game, oh my God, every highlight involved Reese James. He was just <laughs> involved in everything. He was their most attacking player. It was awesome. Um he looked so so good, and I, I just can't see. It'd be so annoying if Tuchel, you know, drops him for the next game or something like that. Um, but yeah, he was looking awesome. Um, really, really happy with Cancelo, James, and Trent at the back for me. That's where most of my points 
in fact, all of my all of my attacking returns came from those guys, apart from Salah captaincy this week. Um, that was really good. Watching all three of those, they seem to be the most um, likely point scorers in all their teams. So I'm chuffed with them. Uh, my other transfers were Mbomo came in for Saar. It didn't work out, although he did score a goal. It was walled off for offside. And it kind of solidified my thinking that Mbomo is the better pick than Ivan Tony because he seems to be the more likely to get those chances. Um, he's the kind of furthest forward. He's the guy that Tony flicks onto and stuff like that. So Tony's more of, seems to be more of the creator at the moment. Annoying because players like Gallagher and Smith Rowe, who were the other ones I was thinking about, went up in price and also scored and got bonus points and stuff like that. But they're close enough in price that I can maybe switch to them later. Bought in Foden for Yotta, which was a bit of a mistake because Yotta turned out Firmino. I, I had to go for exact money. I think it was on like Tuesday night after the first round of Champions League games. Didn't get to see the Liverpool game. Firmino picked up a long-term hamstring injury, which means Jota's going to be surely going to be a starter for the moment. Although he did get he did get hooked early when they were losing to West Ham and Origi came and scored. So maybe not. We'll have to see. Um, and then the other transfer was bringing in Ait Nuri, uh, the replacement left wing back for Wolves instead of. Um, Marcel, <laughs> the other wing back for Wolves. I don't know what it is about Wolves wing backs. They're not even doing that brilliantly. But um, he was cheap. He was like 4.3. And I think he's a better player than Marcel. So hopefully he stays in the team. But I think I worked out, I took a minus eight. And I think the team, I think I basically got six extra points on the team I would have had. So it's kind of like I lost a couple of points. But I, I felt like a I was saying to Matt, I felt like I could spend a few points um, because I was a little bit further ahead um, than you guys and Ben. Probably not the best week to do it because I think now Ben has kind of narrowed the lead and a lot of you have done a lot better than me this week. So now I have to go back to being uh, not taking hits and being a bit more patient. We'll see. It doesn't really suit me. At the end of it, do you feel better about... Uh, going into next week and the next couple of weeks with the team you've got rather than definitely. the one you Yeah, yeah, definitely. I felt like Foden and one of the Chelsea wingbacks like James or Chilwell, if I didn't get on them now, the price was going up and I wasn't going to be able to move to them without, you know, a nice structure to my team. So I felt like it was like a long-term hit. I'm really happy with my team now for the next few weeks. Um, so yeah, it's all good. Um Shall we have a look at topics? Now we've got Andy here. Ben has Ben has sent us a message and he's asked us, can we talk about captain differentials for the next couple of weeks? Um, so basically, Ben is sitting at home. Maybe he's still on parental leave after having a baby. Maybe not. And he just wants to know who you guys are captaining so he can plan around that and, and beat us all. Um, and laugh, laugh at us when he picks Salah in it. <laughs> yeah, he wants us to, to talk about, get really excited about differential yeah. picks and it not work out. <laughs> so I'm going to go first with this one because I think this game week coming up, uh, game week 12, um, I think Ronaldo is a really interesting differential pick. I think although his ownership is quite high across the whole game, like 30%, 
I don't think his ownership is that high in the top 100,000 or possibly even the top 200,000. I think a lot of people moved him on earlier and he's still in my team. He might still be in some other people's team. I think against Watford, that could be quite nice because they're not looking brilliant and he's that kind of flat track bully. What do you Man U fans think? What do you reckon, Andy, to Ronaldo as a differential this week? Um, I think it's a high risk differential. You, this is uh, the man who captained Vardy, right? Yeah, against Leeds. Against Leeds, that's fair, yeah. But this um, is Watford. Watford aren't brilliant. Honestly, you just don't know what Man you are going to do from week to week. Like, Man you could be could, could be marginally better than Watford or they could lose 3-0 to Watford. Like, anything could happen in that game. That Those um, are two fairly bad options. <laughs> <laughs> is there a slightly better outcome? Uh, well, well, winning 2-1 means two goals in the man of the match for Ronaldo, so it's pretty good okay. for Ronaldo. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So, it, uh, like, anyway, it, you can't... It, for, for a player of his price, I think having him in the team right now is a waste of money. So if you've got if you've got him, then I suppose you could captain him and you might reap the rewards, but I would, I would recommend transferring him out rather than captaining him. Even, um, with the, even with the fixture run coming up? For as long as Solskjaer's there, he's not, gonna, he's not gonna be worth 12 million. Somebody else is gonna be better than him, I think. Okay, a dam- damning indictment. Matt, do you agree? Do you concur? Um, so, I mean, I, I would like to lay into Oli uh, as much as the next Man U fan, but um, uh, I, I think probably not the worst sort of differential captain um, in Ronaldo. And I think, yeah, the, so what's probably going to do is the formula of the last couple of seasons is uh, Oli gets a really bad run. We think he's going to get fired and everyone's lost faith. And he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and then we do just well enough and maybe we're going to a bit of a positive run that keeps him in the job and means we get top four or, or yeah, get to a final and then lose the final. Um, so we've, we've had good fixture just around the corner. Um, it, it looks like that same old formula might, might happen again. And we do have a lot of talent in the team, which means uh, whether it's Ronaldo or Bruno or, or someone else, we'll be able to score a worldie or a goal out of nowhere and probably beat the lights of Watford. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, as you say, I think Andy's right in that almost all results are possible. Like, we could continue to massively underperform. Uh, a, a low block trying to play a counter-attack against Watford might not work if they don't want to attack us. Um, so it could be a low goal-scoring affair. But equally, if we get an early goal and they have to actually come out and, and, and try and attack us, then um, I could well see uh, a few Ronaldo goals there. Uh, so it's potentially a good... I think it's, it's a good differential... Uh, that said, I think I'm still in the mindset at the moment of just just keep it on Salah, keep it simple, um, because he, I, I know it's only five points here and there in the last few, last few weeks, but he's scoring every week, uh, and he's, I think, the best player in the world at the moment. John, what do you reckon to differential captains? What, what do you think to, I mean, you're a big fan of the five at the back, Um <laughs> What about captaining a defender? You know, Trent, Cancelo, Chilwell, something like that. Is that kind of crazy talk or is that a viable option? I think it's a viable option when it's a City or a Chelsea player that is going to play and they have a good fixture, right? Because their, their clean sheets have been really quite consistent. And so 
it's, it becomes a, a pretty consistent captain choice, doesn't it? If you if you're banking on that clean sheet that has so almost inevitably you know come o- over the the longer term. Um, so no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that kind of choice. This next week, Man City are at home to Everton, and uh, I'd quite I'd feel pretty certain they'll get a clean sheet in that just because they're at they're at home and also having just watched Everton against Tottenham, I, I didn't see them as much of a goal threat. Um, <clears throat> and Chelsea are away to Leicester, so probably not them. Um, so yeah, like a, a Cancelo or, um, it's just, it's, you, you just want to make sure you want to play hedge against the threat of, uh, Guardiola rotation, but he does tend to do that less at the back. And, uh, so I don't think there's anything wrong with, with a Cancelo or uh, probably only Cancelo. Yeah, definitely. Diaz is a six point king, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Cancelo, I think, is the, the is very unlikely to be rotated, isn't he? Because he's uh, he, the, the way he interprets the left back role is pretty unique. Um, no one else can do that, so it, it, it would be, it's a bigger change to the team to get, take Cancelo out than it is to take any of the other defenders out. And even if he's dropped, you'd kind of hope he wouldn't come on for ten minutes at the end. You'd hope that your vice captain, I guessing Salah, would come come in. So anyone else apart from those guys or Ronaldo, Andy. Yes, uh, my captaincy for next week. Although I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating on this now after Vardy this week. But um, Tottenham are playing Leeds next week, so my captaincy is currently sitting on Human Son. And if you look at their upcoming fixtures, it's going to bang because Ben's got him as well, so it's actually a possibility. But he's got um, Leeds, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton, and Leicester coming up as the next fixtures. So. I think that between him and Salah, it's going to be a tough competition for me over the next few weeks if Conte gets uh, gets Tottenham playing. Didn't Son get hooked at like before the end of the game against Everton, John? Did you see that? I think I, w- I watched the whole game, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> but I think uh, I think it wasn't. He played most of the game. I, at the end, we brought on Ndombele, the Celso. Um, so I think yeah he might have come off towards right at the end, uh, but but he was there most of the game and he he played well, and he certainly looks a lot more alive than Harry Kane does at the moment. Who um, is my is is my outside of the box pick for the same run of fixtures? Uh, just because I've got him and I've been I've been captaining him too out of the last three weeks, but uh, but Son probably is looking the more likely. So will you actually go there? Will anyone actually go there with any of these differential captains? Andy, it's on him at the moment, you say? Well, I, as is my role on this pod, right? I have to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to catch up. So, um, yeah, I, I, if I just keep captaining Salah, I'm just going to constantly remain behind everybody. So I've got to do something, haven't I? So Son it is. I mean, it doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not that I don't trust Son. It's that Salah's so bloody good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Arsenal and Salah always seems to do pretty well against us. Um, okay. So we kind of covered it there for Ben, hopefully. Um, but probably, apart from only not letting him know exactly who we're going to be captaining. Um, so he doesn't have too much of an advantage. So next chat is over to you, John. As a lifelong Spurs fan, how do you feel about Conte 
and how do you think he's going to affect things FPL? Andy's very keen on Son. You've got Kane in at the moment. Yeah. yeah I have a specific question for you as well, John, when you finish with the intro. Yes. Nice. I'm really looking forward to this topic. So um, I'm introducing this topic right now because I just want it to last as long as possible. And so I'll get to the talking about this topic very soon, but just enjoying that it's happening right now. Um, yeah, Conti coming in. Uh, it's like a, it feels like a weight lifted. Um, and not because I didn't like Nuno, more almost because I did like Nuno and I was just uh, desperately clinging to the hope that he's such a, you know, a nice guy and he was so successful at Wolves and surely he can adapt to a more attacking side of play and just, you know, that weight of like holding on to hope. Uh, whereas with Conti, it just feels like, you know, he's going to do well. He'll probably be a flash in the pan, but I'm really looking forward to that flash. And um, so feeling great about it. But in terms of the formation, the picks, I think that there's one really obvious decision that if you're interested in Tottenham and if you're interested in bargains that you, you, you've got to think about. Um, he's either going to play 3-4-3 three, three or 3-5-2. Three, Does anybody disagree with that, first of all? It's going to be wing-backs, right? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Um, and he started with that the first two games. We expect him to do that long term. We don't have options at wing back except for Regulon and Emerson, really. Uh, we've got Doherty, who could potentially come back on the right. Um, but on, on the left, it's it's Regulon and uh, it won't be Davis because he's playing Davis on the left side of the back three. Um, and also, he's just not that good going forward. And the only other option could be uh, Sessegnon, who's currently injured um, and is also an up-and-coming young player still, hasn't really broken into the team. So, you know, Sessegnon might might have a shout in the longer term, but for now, Reguidon is a dead cert starter, dead cert to be bombing forward up the left. And hopefully, as we saw a little bit against Everton, um, the the back line's actually going to start picking up more clean sheets than previously. Uh, and he's he's cheap. So I think Reguilon ne needs to be seriously considered as, as someone to bring in. And we were talking earlier about whether or not I should hold on to someone as expensive as Robertson and uh, decisions like that. If, if I'm going to make any uh, more sort of budget picks in my, in my back line, because I've got a very expensive back line at the moment that's who i'd be looking to bring in um and my question yeah. john is that you yeah, i think ahead. you might have just answered it but my question was um regulon or emerson royale i'm I, i'm gonna lose laporte got, got his red card and might not come back into the team so my transfer this week is going to be laporte out for one of those two um yeah. and i originally i was thinking definitely regulon but then i watched emerson royale and i thought that guy looks like a real player um so yeah i don't know which one to, look, which one to go for so that's that emerson, question for you emerson we'll see i i don't know yet um he's looked all right yeah he's he's, he's he definitely looks like he's got some quality he he his signature move seems to be this odd back heel that uh has a hundred percent success rate i don't know why it's like a very predictable back heel he does that uh that, that when i watched his youtube highlights before he signed for Tottenham, it was all that it was him doing this back heel a hundred times and since he's come in he's been doing it two or three times a game but um he he looks uh like he will be quite good but he hasn't had any attacking returns yet 
Uh, whereas with the Grilon, you know what you're getting. But also, like I said, it's the lack of competition on his side, right? La uh, yesterday against Everton, we took off Regulon after about maybe 70 minutes and brought on Doherty on the left as cover. Uh, but but Regulon had been on a yellow card from minute 11. Uh, and I think it was more about that, about uh, not having him get sent off. So I, I just don't see... But, you know, he's, he's just going to be playing week in, week out. And, and that's that's the thing. Emerson might be too, but there's at least the threat of Doherty on his side. So, so yeah, that's the standout, the standout pick for me. But um, there's all kinds of other potential, right? I mean, Son and Kane, especially Kane, is going to have to start doing better at some point. And he, he showed some signs against Everton, but ultimately still blanked. So that's more just hope than anything. And then uh, I was I was hoping that I was hoping the Celso. Um, if, he, if he's if if he starts playing three five two, which he hasn't so far, it's been three four three. If he starts playing three five two, what that typically I think means in a Conte lineup would be one defensive midfielder and two, either you know more attacking at least midfielders. Box, maybe box-to-box -box or types, but people who will get involved in the attacks. If he goes with that 3-5-2, then we've got three options for two positions, which are Lo Celso, Ndombele, and Deli Ali. And so I'll be looking to see if he makes that change because any one of those three could be a great pick, but especially Lo Celso or Ali because they're the more attacking ones. Uh, and they've got a lot of quality and potential to score goals. Um, but that's that's about where I think I'll I'll leave it in terms of fantasy football picks. It's the wing backs. Uh, it's the hope of the attackers coming back to form, and then it's the potential of uh, does he tweak things around in midfield because we've got a lot of talent waiting to be unleashed in that area. Can I jump in on the wing backs? Yeah, chatting to Matt about this yesterday, um, mainly because Matt had Reguillon in his team since his wild card and was causing him a huge amount of pain and a huge amount of pleasure for me, um, <laughs> watching his anguish as he struggled to get him out of his team, and then finally did recently only for Conte to come in and <laughs> all the chat to be about his attacking goal scoring wingbacks. But if you look at Reguillon's career history he only has like two goals in the last like four seasons he's never yeah. been that kind of goal scoring defender and i know he's attacking but i just i'm not sure he's going to be turned into that that kind of alonso figure in and even emerson royale it's the similar kind of vibe like i mean he didn't play a huge amount at barcelona um but even at Betis, you know, it wasn't mind-blowing attacking numbers. So for me, yeah. I, I'd be waiting to see those returns and see if he goes for Doherty instead because he's got that attacking, you know, recent stuff at Wolves or he goes for Sessegnon potentially because he he used to do that for Fulham yeah, um, and is potentially more of a goal threat. So I think that's fair or... Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, you're you're right. I agree with you. I just think that for now, he's not going to pick Sessegnon, and 
you know, we'll see about Doherty. Uh, if he does start picking Doherty consistently, I'll be on board with that too because we know he's a goal threat. Um, I think it would be a surprise if he went with Cessignon. Um but it would be similar to what he did with Victor Moses at Chelsea, right? Making a man out of him. Um, and we all knew that Victor Moses was an attacking threat because we all went to school with him. <laughs> we know the stats <laughs> from yeah. way, way back. <laughs> well, we knew that he was a striker. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing is with Conte's fullbacks is that he, um, he had... Um, Alonso and Moses uh, wingbacks at Chelsea, which are two of the most like attacking wingbacks. Like I, I can I have like I can't remember a more attacking pair of wingbacks than that. Um, Ashley Young at Inter. That, that's where I was going next. Right? Well, Ashley Young <laughs> was a winger too at one point in his career, wasn't he? So he's ta- he's taken a lot of players who were previous either players who were previously wingers or players who are like crazy bombing forward attacking wingbacks, and that that forms like the sort of standard attacking formation that the managers try to create now is that three that three two five and the way he does that is he has three attackers either in a, a, a one two or a two one formation and then the fullbacks become the fourth and the fifth attackers and everybody else is defending so i think in his formations whoever plays a fullback is likely to do better than they have than other other under managers but you're absolutely right to point out that um, Regulon and Emerson Royale might not be the ones long term. I can even see him picking someone like Bergwijn, who doesn't seem that yeah. perfect as a winger, but then yeah. maybe he's got the energy and the kind of physique to be a wing back. I don't know if he plays left or right, and I'm assuming if he played right, maybe there's more a chance of that. But yeah, yeah. But he's, he's yeah he's right footed, so he'd be on the right probably in a in a wing back position. That's that's an interesting shout. Um, I don't expect him to do that, but he. Uh, but yeah, if we, if if he sees the attacking threat as more of the important aspect, he might. And also the last two uh, Tottenham managers, well, especially Mourinho, kept picking Bergwijn no matter how badly he seemed to play every week on the basis that he was good at tracking back. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if Conti seems it the same way, then that's a, that's an interesting call. Um, you were saying how you're a meat and meat and potatoes guy, John, and that's the clean sheets, right? So is this yeah. what you're thinking? You like, okay, already against Everton, they've got a clean sheet. The wing backs are more likely to get the attacking returns, and then the fixtures for Spurs, they're kind of second in the season ticker over the next eight fixtures. Leeds, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton. Uh, those That's not even any gaps for good teams. That's their next few fixtures, which is pretty awesome for clean sheets, isn't it? Yeah. So You'd have to think so. You'd have to think so. Yeah. So I, th- I think uh, now that we've said it all out loud and now that I've gone on about Regulon, I probably have to put him in, don't I? I mean, um, I, I still think you should go for Chilwell or James, but if you, <laughs> you want to do that, you go there. But it's the same. It's the same. I know you can't, three. John. You can't. You already travelled up on Spurs. Yeah, you travelled up. You on brought Spurs. in Lacelso because of Lacelso. I've got. Um, I got, blocked I got you. Two, I got. I got two transfers. But you said you were going to stick with Lacelso. You can't go back on that. You have to. Lacelso. You know, end. we didn't cover him in the differentials. Zero point one percent ownership. <laughs> I've never seen a player zero percent owned. I'm pretty yeah. sure you're the only person who owns Lacelso. <laughs> It's me. Even, even the season when Man U sold Lukaku, he still had more than zero percent ownership. 
<laughs> I mean, that is amazing. I was just looking at his, his stats this season. It's uh, it's not not one you usually. I'm going to back. I'm going to back that horse. <laughs> there is there is no chance of his price going down. <laughs> <laughs> he has managed two points twice this season. Yeah. Once was 61 minutes of play, so he just tipped over. <laughs> there you go. Um, but he, he also was uh, he, he, unable to get a run partly because he kept going for those uh, Argentina games during the COVID uh, when there were more rules in place. And then he had to quarantine. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop defending the Celso right now. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was irresponsible. <laughs> It was an irresponsible choice. <laughs> um, John, love, is there is there anything I, more we want to talk about Spurs? Because I'm yes. Can yes. I can yes. I raise one last one actually? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I probably more in your camp, Dunk, about wait wait and see on Wigwion and and the the Conte revolution at, at wing backs uh, because you can always go on these cheap cheap guys uh, when they do start scoring, but. The one I wondered about is, did he play like a three-four-three today, or was that his starting formation? Yeah, yeah, because like Lucas Moura then is alongside the Kane and and Son, uh, and maybe he's the one that could uh, start to go on a bit of a run as a cheap midfielder. I don't know. Yeah, Ben, captain him. Yeah, deferential <laughs> captaincy. I, I think that's, no, that's nothing... mental talk. What do you think, John? I think there's nothing wrong. I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's that. It, that sounds actually quite sensible. He's he he definitely goes on runs of form now and then, and uh, it's just yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of unknowns really, aren't there? And he he's been picked in the t- first two games as a starter under Kant, and he's why not? I don't see why not. He's looked lively. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question, John. <laughs> two three one one zero two 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 one three. <laughs> That's why not. Yeah, but that, that was under a previous manager. Now now he is under this whizzy formation that will give players space up front. I I'm the man who brought in Lucas Moura for his hat trick, his only Spurs hat trick, and that that can that is. That's it. I'm never bringing him in again. I got so lucky once, like unbelievably lucky once, and I think that's never going to happen again. Why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not picking him myself, but yeah. I, I. But Matt, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it because he is playing in a front three. He looks like he's getting picked, and uh, he wasn't previously. And we'll see. Add to watch list. Click. There we are. Done. It's not going in, but that's about the right level. Yeah, you heard it it here first. You heard it here first. Watch him get the one hat trick he gets in the season, and then pick him (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) If there was a the like the opposite of a watch list on the FPL site, I would be adding him to that. (laughs) Don't watch list. Think about the game. Yeah. Don't view him at Delete. all. Like, I don't want to see him. Yeah. Block him from my <laughs> review. Um, John, I'm aware that you have to get to work at some point. Yes. And get, yes. get your son ready. So, is it okay if we stop talking about the mighty Spurs now? Oh, I suppose so. I okay. suppose so. Unless we can talk about them next com- week. Unless it naturally comes up in the conversation. Okay. <laughs> if you just. 
start talking about it. Okay, so I'll right, pick can I do that segue? Because I actually have a I have a, a, a non-Spurs question that has followed on from that. Is that Matt and Duncan, you've both recommended that I don't that I, I wait on the Spurs fullbacks. I've got to get rid of Laporte this week. So what do I do now? Um well I'm just looking at our other topics. Damn it. No, I can't see I can't see a link from our other topics unless you want a man you wing back, which I don't think you do. Um fine. Who to replace Laporte with? How much is he? He's five point five and I've got point one in the bank. So five point six. You've just missed out on Chelsea, haven't you? Oh, that's well, I've already got Chilwell as well, so I can't have gonna have gonna have him anyway. And you've only got one transfer. Correct. Of course, I've only got one transfer. <laughs> oh, man. What uh, do you reckon, Matt? He's I'm already just, got Livramento. I'm going to... Hang on, so you've got 5.6, is it? Yep. You've got Livramento. West Ham? No, they've got bad fixtures. That's a bad choice. Ignore that. Maybe your Arsenal guys? But Tommy Asu, I could go for, I could, I, I could double up on Arsenal defenders. I'd be tripled up on Arsenal I, overall. I, I'm not going to recommend that. What am I talking no, about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to recommend that. Uh, Carl Walker, maybe? Get a starter at, at Man City? He's cheap, isn't he? It's five and a half. And no one's going there. But it's, just... the, more, it's the boring pick in a, like, against the, the Tottenham wing back pick. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, the other thing is to do what Stones. maybe I'm. What I'm tempted to do this this game week is I, I would like to uh, spend the money I've got in the bank and, and upgrade my defence. But I might wait a game week to give myself two transfers to then do a bit of rejigging across the squad and take some money out of, out of the strike force. I would go. I John. Is that the answer? Actually, then is to is to wait a week, even though Laporte's not going to play, and then downgrade Vardy because strikers don't score goals and upgrade Laporte to Trent. Yeah, yeah. if you haven't got Trent, definitely that's that's the way. I was going to say John Stones at 5.3, but um, I mean, against Trent, there's no competition really. So yeah. Okay. Hopefully that's solved for you, Andy. And you. Matt and Andy, I want to kick you off. This is Matt's topic, I think. I've just got written in the show notes, Man United. So I'm assuming, Matt, this is about the fact that they're massively underperforming, but they're about to be the best fixtures in the league, starting with Watford away. Then, I mean, I say it's a sea of blue. I mean, are Palace uh, a blue now? Are Arsenal? Um, are Brentford? I mean, they might be. Still, it's better fixtures than most, and it goes on for a long, long time. So, over to you, Matt. Yeah, so we covered the Ronaldo is your captain option earlier. So I won't necessarily repeat Ronaldo. And this might be a short segment in many ways, because uh, I think one of my conclusions at the moment is they're not, Manu is not necessarily the easiest uh, FPR sets out there to, to pick from. But I think it is worth noting that they are about to go on a really good run of form. So, uh Ronaldo obviously is the instant starter. If Cavani remains injured, uh, then Greenwood is a cheap way into a man new strike force. And I think they're going to be scoring goals over the coming weeks, um, week in, week out. Uh, and so I, I do think it is worthwhile thinking about a man new, a man new player. Uh, 
Pogba will come back from a suspension fairly soon, so it's not a, not a transfer now. But when he does, I think again he's he's a, a decent pick if you want to be a bit differential, but ride some good fixtures and a player who gets goals and assists. Um, Fernandez probably a little expensive, that's, and that's very differential because you've got to really commit to a to a big player there. But he, he is probably going to score some, um, and then well, yeah. I'd just say that you could be tempted into a defender because of the good fixtures, but my recommendation would be to avoid manual defenders because we always find a way to concede a goal, no matter the opposition. I was going to say, you know, you're saying Greenwood might be a nice pick because Cavani's injured. What do you think of the fact that it seems to me at the moment that he's playing this three at the back, wing backs, three in midfield, and then two strikers and it's one of uh, either Cavani or Rashford or Greenwood or whoever it is next to Ronaldo. So I kind of feel that that position next to Ronaldo, the Rashford or the Greenwood or Cavani is the risk that he might rotate based on opposition. Yeah, I think so. It, it's, it, it's one of those where it's like when you pick Jota uh, Liverpool and you just have to accept a bit of rotation risk and accept that they're going to get they're not going to get 90 minutes week in, week out. But if they start to score goals uh, and they're the ones on the goal-scoring run, then um, you could be the one that went there that others are scared away from because of that risk of a substitution when actually they'll, they'll score the goals when they're on the pitch. I feel that's worth it for the Liverpool attack, but for the Man U attack, it's at the moment definitely not worth it. Well, I mean, they ripped apart Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur just a week ago. <laughs> and we, we've been talking about them for half a podcast. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's too early. If you're going to do this, then you want to wait, I think. Because um, I think we're going to lose to Chelsea, we're going to lose to Arsenal, we're going to lose to Palace. And then game week 16 is where we've got... Then, then we've got Norwich, Brentford, Brighton. Actually, we'll probably lose to Brighton as well. But by then, either we will have turned it around and you'll know what's going on. Or um, we'll have a new manager, and so um, that's a reason to get on manual assets. I think you want to wait until after that Palace game. I kind of, I kind of totally agree. Do you think on Fernandez, he's been the main man for Man United, and he's one of the the classic first picks if they've got good fixtures at his price? Is he ever going to fit into our team structures? Now we're all kind of Mo Salah, and then lots of five point fives or six point fives. Or is he just someone who's never going to be easy to fit in? Yeah, he's never going to be easy to fit in, I don't think, is he? It's one of those where if you're going that high, why aren't you going Ronaldo? So I think if Ronaldo gets injured, then suddenly he'll, he'll come into the reckoning. But until then, he's going to score points this, this season. Um, he's he's going to get goals and assists. But... He's unlikely to get as many as Ronaldo, and yet he's similarly priced. Fair enough. Okay. Um, last topic is um, how long do we stick with Ivan Tony? First of all, do we all have Tony? Does anyone not have Tony? I don't have I, Tony. I I've got Tony, but. Only because you were telling me three weeks in a row that I needed to uh, bring him back Pookie. in and replace Pookie. And so I did. Thanks very much. Pookie, <laughs> <Go to> <laughs> Pookie scores. 
Hold <laughs> now for, and I'd taken him out for his little run as well. I, I had Tony originally took him out, then he scored a few times in a row, and then uh, I uh, Pookie did nothing. Then I put him back in. Pookie's the one now, so yeah. So you're thinking Tony's going to go for you straight away? Uh, I, I just keep missing out on his good runs of form, um, and it was so hard to predict because I've done it in, in line with the. the when there's been, you know, seeing seeing that that's my choice, right? It has been from the start of the season, Pookie or Tony. There were other choices for sure, but that was my initial thought. And that's what I've been doing. And I've largely picked which of the two it is on fixtures. And it hasn't paid off at all because they've they've done well, uh, or especially Tony's done well in the, in the harder games. Uh, Brentford have still uh, got good fixtures coming up. And so on the basis that I've been picking them, I'll probably stick with them, but hasn't been working. What do you guys reckon? What do you reckon, Andy, to Tony? Have you got him in your team? How long are you going to give him? Um, the amount of time I'm going to give him is more based on the fact that I have higher priorities than the fact that I really um, have a lot of faith right now. I think um, Everton and Tottenham are both difficult teams to score against. And they're coming up. Uh, um so it's not like he's got he's got he's got Newcastle this week and then Everton and Tottenham. So if he doesn't score against Newcastle, then I can't see him scoring in the next two weeks either. Um, and really, Brentford, I don't know, I was I didn't know this was going to happen, but it seems like losing David Raya and his ball playing ability has like completely destroyed their style of play, which I've never seen happen before to a team. Is they lose their goalkeeper and the whole outfield falls apart? I've never seen that. Hey, that um, happened to Arsenal when Martinez left. Well. Okay, it has, apparently it happens. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of uh, I'm looking at that Newcastle game, and I think probably that's the if you if you're going to pull the trigger, that's the moment. So like I said, Everton, Tottenham, Leeds seem to be getting their act together. Um, Bayern, Watford, Man United, they're easy games, um, but it's not like it's not any the run the run isn't as easy as it sort of is painted. I don't think there. So um, if I you know if I had a spare transfer, I'd get rid of him, but I don't think he's also like a major problem that you need to prioritize getting rid of does that make sense i it makes sense to me i kind of i brought i brought him in my team and switched to three up front because i kind of thought he was a season keeper and it was a, the risk was that i don't really see many alternatives to his price many ways to yeah. go down or close moves up he's kind of i i don't like the pookie pick i i don't like adam armstrong or Huang, really, I feel they're all quite risky and not that reliant to start in your first team. So for me, I, I think if I'm with Andy, if he doesn't perform against Newcastle in a decent way, like I, I'm not interested in another performance where he looks really good and just misses some really good chances and gets unlucky. I think I'm, I'll probably drop him. He's six point, what, six, something like that. Um, so you can get a really good defender for that like 6.7 at the moment, I think I'd drop him and get some change out of Chilwell, to be honest. I think that money elsewhere. I think what's, it's, 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 I think he's in a similar situation to Oli Solskjaer in the, uh, it, the reason everyone's keeping him is because there's no alternatives. Uh, he's not performing, but it's, it's not a lot else. It's not like a priority for people like Andy says, because who's this striker that's putting their hand up to say, uh, you have to get them in your team right now. I think that's that's the thing. Like, I think 
like John's already there and Andy's thought about it as well. Bigger at the back, he's the ideal candidate to move to a, an expensive wing back. But what if you've already got five prime defenders? <laughs> <laughs> you've got to upgrade Ben White then, I think. <laughs> the other thing is that like 6.5 isn't that much for a forward. It's not like he's it's not like he's like 10 or 12 million, right? He's actually a budget pick up front. Yeah. So that, that's that's yeah. kind of what makes him not a priority. If you, like right now, I've got 10 million sitting in Vardy, who um I have lost faith in. That's a much higher priority. And most people have somebody more expensive than Tony up front who's more of a problem for them. That's true. We just have high expectations, don't we? The way they started the season, and it maybe it's losing David Rea, or maybe it's just the momentum, that adrenaline at the start of the season that's kind of wearing off for Brentford a little bit. And, you know, it gets tougher when it gets into winter and stuff like that. Okay. That seems to cover all our topics. So should we have a look at the listeners league and and see how, how people are getting on? Over to you, Matt. Sure. So uh, he says, as his screen goes blank and he loses the listener league, uh, Do you want me to second. take over? I <laughs> know um, uh, oh, I've got it back. I've got it back. Sorry. Okay. Um, so at the top of the league, we have uh, Havertz. A bit of that, uh, which is on seven. So that's uh, how do you say Fintan Hogan on uh, seven six five, and then uh, sixty seven points this week. It's not bad, uh, and then. Uh, Jose Roberto Delgado and uh, Faden Sancho uh, in second place, not bad, um, on 756 uh, points. And then on the top game week scorers, uh, what should I, should I just do the top two, Duncan, or shall I go to the top three? <laughs> go to the top three, go on then. <laughs> All right, well, um, uh, hang on, sorry. It hasn't loaded up. Duncan, can you do the top three? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, top scorer this week, 81 points without any hits. It's uh, M8 Cavelli's and Machiavelli's Los Loco. Um, so Pookie in there. Oh, God, compounding my pain. <laughs> um, sorry, John. Uh, and he's gone pretty big at the back. James Diaz, Trent, Cancelo. Um, yeah, so maybe that is the way to go. Then it's, are you gross than me? <laughs> are you gross than me? I think that's, are you grosser than me? Um, yeah, slightly painful pun. Uh, <laughs> Ish and Bat with 80 points. I could leave it there, but I'll, I'll just quickly mention Alistair Struthers with Bergelet with 77 points. Um, yeah. I mean, a lucky week for some, right? Um, every dog has its day. <laughs> <laughs> Are you back, Matt? Can you can you take over the lowest scorers? <laughs> um, so I'm afraid my 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 screen has completely frozen, so I cannot <laughs> take over whatsoever. Okay, but bottom scorer is Vodka Juniors, Richard Walsh, and he has he's got Thiago Silva, Luke Shaw. Kufal and Bednarek with his big at the back, the alternative big at the back there. Um, <laughs> Suchek, Gundogan, Fernandez captain. Um, yeah, Nick Pope on the bench, Sanchez starting in goal. Uh, very, 
very unusual team. I mean, we think of Andy <laughs> and Gary as the Mavericks here, but this is, yeah, this is, there's a, there's a person on his bench I've never heard of before, Zam Burek. Any, guy, any ideas who Zam Burek plays for? It's that Maverick. I mean, this wow. guy's, he's gone to a new <laughs> <Yeah>. level. <laughs> I feel like um, he's got a team that based on this, this week's podcast is one we're sort of recommending with, let, let's go for Man U players and Giovanni Lo Celso. <laughs> <laughs> and Zamborek, yeah. And a new feature um, after me and Andy's um, pod together last week, um, team FPL team name of the week. Any votes for FPL team name, FPL team name of the week from from our listeners league? I have one that I'd like to discuss with you, unless someone else has another one. I haven't repaired this. I think you should just do your one. Go ahead. I'm just, I mean, go bear or go home. Uh, Dave's G, he's doing quite well. I think he's up to like eighth in our our league. I mean, go bear or go home. Discuss. What does that mean? How's he? How's he spelling bear? As in, rawr, rawr, there. Oh, he's, not, he's not saying go naked or home. He's... <laughs> he, he might be from California, in which case it's uh, California. Uh, um, oh, the bears. Berkeley bears. Uh, okay. Yeah, could be. Or it could be, you know, homosexual men who have big beards referred to in the UK as bears or refer to themselves as bears. I'm not sure if that, yeah, I mean, that could be it as well. Either way, ultimately, uh, it could be both. He could be based in California and be a, you know, terming himself as a bear. So I like that. It's, It's a pun that we don't get, but it's actually multiple puns on different levels. Yeah, okay. I feel like we could prepare this better next week. <laughs> <laughs> and I could have picked a better name, but hey, there we go. We've got another chance next week and hopefully Matt's scream will work. So it's it's on him. Um, I think that just leaves us to say, um, if you want to join our league, then the code to join is in the show notes. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at FPL Fanatics. And if you like the pod, please rate and review us wherever you listen to us. Um, We'd really appreciate that. And it just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, John. Yay, thank you for talking about Tottenham. It was a great week for me and uh, got it all off my chest. Well, I'm sure sure it's going to go on and on for a little while. (laughs) Oh, it will. Enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Thank you for your insight, Andy. Yeah, thank you for helping me uh, resolve my Laporte quandary. Yeah, that's a good one. And thank you for your insight, Matt. Yeah, thank you for helping me uh, kind of solve my Brandon Williams quandary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, have a good international break, everyone. And we will speak to you soon, maybe in a couple of weeks. 